Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 183. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee not with me tonight. Cole Coffee is on vacation. I think maybe, maybe the first time ever. I kind of remember him taking a vacation with the, with his girl and seeing the family. But uh, we got this, a special guest here that makes it even better. The magnificent one himself, Stephen Morocco, here with me in San Jose, California, for Bellator 206. Musasi versus McDonald. Let's just let's just lay it out on the table right now. Let's set the scene. Uh, we are we are chilling at an Airbnb this week. Uh, the hotels in San Jose are a little bit out of the MMA junkie price range, uh, <laughs> so we found ourselves a nice little Airbnb. It's nice. Uh, Mr. Morocco is not incredibly satisfied with the location, uh, but it's a fine <laughs> it's a fine property that we're in here. Uh, and of course, we are having frosty beverages as we do. But let's make it very clear. I am. The common man here with the with the Coors Light, just doing it like I do, and you, sir, the <laughs> craft IPA, the, I imagine, yeah, the the true Portland hipster here. <laughs> the uh, this is actually called Drake's Denogonizer. It's a double IPA. Uh, when I lived in the Bay Area about a year ago, this is what I drank all the time, and so I'm I'm going down memory lane. Nice, and that was available at the corner liquor store over here. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 a pretty popular beer down here. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it, it, it is. You know, we we don't have a lot of restaurants around us, uh, so that's that's one of the reasons you're not. We have liquor stores, but we've though. got liquor stores. And we've got gas stations. And it's the perfect like corner <laughs> liquor store. You yeah. know that, that you see. It's uh, it's and they've they've crammed quite a bit of stuff in there. They they have. Um and uh and we're determined to sample uh, a, a little bit of it. Damn right we are. All right, let's talk about this Bellator 206 card. Uh, I mean. Just right on paper, just looking off the top, we were kind of talking about this week. Best best Bellator card in history. I mean, is that is that? I, and I and listen, I know it's always tough to say greatest best because I mean, come on, do we do we really remember the previous two hundred and five cards by memory at <laughs> we this really point? Don't. No, absolutely do not. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's got to be at least one of right. I mean, this sure. is a fun card. Sure, definitely tent pole uh, first super fight in history. Champ versus champ. They don't usually do that. And uh, also the welterweight Grand Prix, um, and yeah. then the big old—it's like a big old nostalgia sandwich, basically, because we've got you know the competitive super fight, the the welterweight Grand Prix, and then sandwiched in the middle is Jackson Silva four. Yeah. So um, it's kind of something for everyone. And then you got Pico, um, the you know the the new one Melendez and Bolanos. Um, those are two kind of like appetizers. Yeah. You know, uh, up and comers, but. Super solid card. I love it, man. I really do feel like this is a, a a big a big moment for him. And I don't know, as you said, it's a little something for everybody. And I I just for some reason to me, I feel like all the pieces are finally coming together for Bellator. I, I don't know what it is about this card, but I feel like now because maybe it is because it's a little bit of everything. I mean, the super fight, as you said, Gegard Rory. If this was in the UFC, right? I mean, this could be a UFC main event, right? I mean, sure. we'd be like, maybe not a pay per view, but you know, at least a nice fight night. We'd be like, wow, that's a great one, you know. So you got that. You got legitimate top ranked fighters. You have Rampage and Vandalay, which Bellator does like to do the the classic fights. And you know, I'll be honest with you, that's probably the fight I'm least excited about. But for the casual fans, that's the one they probably that's the one they're tuning in for more than anything else, right? I mean, those names still click. You know, I would say for for casuals, I would probably put 
Liddell Ortiz over that in terms of the casual recognition. It's like if you followed MMA in the early 2000s and you were aware of pride and what was going on there and the, 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 the depth of that rivalry at the time, how right. much it meant yep. when they actually it fought. It was it was a big it was a big deal. But it's a big deal for us in the bubble. Like, you know, Liddell and Ortiz is probably uh, they'll probably get a lot of people to tune into that um or a lot more than if they put Rampage versus Silva on a pay-per-view by themselves. You think Liddell Ortiz is going to do good via pay-per-view though? I feel like our traffic is going to be good because people are going to know what's going on. I don't feel like people are going to – I mean, do we know – is it 60 bucks? Have I guess what I'm price? saying is that I think that more people more would people buy Liddell Ortiz yeah, yeah, than yeah. they would Silva, you know, Rampage on its own. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to do well um, because I think there's – you know, fans are not stupid, you know, uh, even even the casuals. Yeah. Um, but um, it's uh, it's still a super fun fight. I mean, it, it's it's – you know, in terms of like you said, you, you it's like the the last the the one you wanted to see least, and I'm kind of on the same page with you. I, I it's kind of like a step, uh, a very slight step above uh, Liddell Ortiz. Yeah, and no disrespect um, to those guys. I mean, they are legends of the sport, man. Like it's still cool, like for us to go there today and talk to yeah. Ram, you know, you had a 10 minute conversation with Rampage, and he was in good spirits. You know, you talked to Vanderlei, and he's. I mean, he, they're still legends. Like it's still cool to be around them, but. I just don't feel like it's and, that, and it's a heavyweight fight on top of that. I mean, yeah. I just don't feel like we're talking about these two guys at their prime, at their best. But it's still cool to see them. Yeah, I mean, I, I like both of those guys personally. I think they're they're great interviews, and I think they're fun to talk to. And and yeah, they are legends of the sport. Nobody can take that away from him. It's not, not. Has nothing to do with like how I feel about them personally. It's it's more just a you know I'm just a, a, a cranky journalist and uh, <laughs> and I. Uh, you know, want to see people uh, thrive in their later life. They they already have it tough enough, you know, doing this for a living. And, you know, I just worry, you know, a guy like Silva who's been knocked out several times, What obviously did fine against Chael, but that's a different kind of fighter. You know, you know I don't want to see that guy laid out on the canvas again. Right. I, I like him a lot. You right. know, I think he's a very likable guy, and I don't want to see him laid out on the canvas. I think Jackson is a much more competitive fighter at this point. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it'll... It'll be a car crash, and we'll watch. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You got that. You got Korshkov versus Lima kicking off the welterweight Grand Prix. We've got, as you said, Higo versus Pico is a good fight, man. I know maybe a lot of people may not necessarily know the name Leandro Higo, but he's been around. He's fought some tough dudes. Um, this is a real test for Aaron Pico, and you know, I think you know Higo. He's I think that's a good fight, and then Kerry Melendez and, and Gaston Bolanos. I think those are the those are the two you're focused on in those fights. Not that you can take away from the others, but listen. Uh, Scott Coker has a history of matchmaking where it is, you know, the fighter versus the opponent. You know, and we know who the two fighters are in those matches. Yeah, and, and actually that, that should tell you something about the Pico versus Higo match because Elander's uh, a, a legit dude. Yep. And he's fought some legit guys and hasn't gotten any breaks when it comes to, you know, who, he, who he's fought since he's moved to Bellator. So the fact that they're willing to put him with that guy, obviously he's coming up a weight division and that's it's it's probably not his... Cho- I mean, it's obviously not his chosen weight class. He said right. he was going to go back to bantamweight. But um, they're trying to give him guys that have a lot more experience. And um, Higo is definitely that guy. And in this case, they're they're putting a, a – the question is, you know, can he overcome this submission guy, this this, right. this great submission guy? Um, I would say that his, his, his style matches up very favorably 
it's it's still a very favorable matchup I in agree. terms of how uh, you know he he's a boxer and a wrestler you know the jiu-jitsu guys you know de- depending on how they do things um tend to come out behind in that equation a lot but it's still um it's a much I feel like it's a much more competitive fight than that he's had in previous times. I agree. All right, so overall I, I like this card a lot. I mean, you could you could go through the prelims, but let's be honest, Bellator still does the the you know, the local ticket sellers <laughs> yeah. on the on the prelim. I know the, today we were in a uh we were in an Uber and the, the Uber driver's like, Ah, my buddy's fighting on the card, you know, so um, you know that's that's how they do, and there's nothing wrong with that. You got to get the you got to get the tickets sold, but uh, I think we'll be focused on the main card. Uh, cool to see it's a six fight main card. They added that Gaston Bolanos uh, fight to the main card, which I think he deserves it, man. He's exciting. I think he's got real upside. And and you and I were at dinner last night, and we kind of we ran into some Bellator officials and said, hey, well, you know, why'd you do that? So. Bro, it's the zone. We can do whatever right, we want. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of, it is kind of cool. Like yeah. with Paramount, you, you don't have that flexibility. They've got that TV window, and you can only fit so much. And now they're like, we're streaming this stuff, so we just decided to do what the hell we wanted. And I, I think that's cool. So I wanted to kind of start there and get your takes because I know you. I mean, you key into to the business side of the thing, and you had a chance to talk to some, you know, DAZN people. This is the big debut. Now, the Boise card did stream on DAZN, but it was it was a soft launch. I don't, they didn't even advertise it to anybody. I think it was more just like testing the capabilities. This is the big coming out party, and of course, that one was on Paramount as well. This one is only on DAZN. Um, for, so for everybody that doesn't know, if you haven't signed up, you need to get signed up. You can't watch this on TV. You can only watch it on DAZN. You can get this for free. They're giving away a free month. Um, so you can try it out. So you're not going to be have to give up any money. But give me your take, man. It's it's a weird time for MMA. So much MMA is going behind a paywall. You know, I mean, ESPN. Uh, we know that deal with the UFC, and so much of it's going on ESPN Plus. We just found out today that the UFC's deal in the UK isn't even with a terrestrial broadcast partner. It's with an online streaming partner. I mean, I guess this is the future that we've known we were going to, right? I mean, how long has Dana White been saying, guys, I'm telling you, I, I remember those conversations, you know, a decade ago when he was like, I don't know what it's going to be. Everything's going to be in, on the internet. Yeah, I mean, original that, he's like, I don't, you know, I don't know how it's going to do, but it's going to be deli-. He saw it. I mean, they, that, that, that company knew that. Of course, they weren't the only ones. A lot of people have known this. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, so we've all said this is the future. Now we're getting to the future. I'm 40 years old, so maybe it seems scary to me, but I – I don't know, man. This seems like a scary proposition. I, just as I say, it feels like everything's coming together for Bellator, right? The the grassroots people that they're hiring are finally kind of maturing, a la AJ McKee last week. You know, they're stars. They're, they're free agents. There's finally enough free agents that you can make, you know, big fights against each other. I mean, all these things, they're all positive. But I'm scared, man. You put this thing behind a $10 a month paywall. I mean, what's, what's your take on this? Is, is this scary to you, or is this just the future that we all need to embrace? Uh well I mean it just seems like the trend is that it's it's gonna go it's gonna get more expensive yet again to be an MMA fan and if you if you really want to keep up to date on the sport you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to add a lot of subscriptions what you may be taking away though is that cable bill right which is pretty significant true for a lot of people especially if you want the sports packages that you know have all the you know the FS1 and FS12 uh, you know add-ons that's that can be pretty expensive. I have Hulu now, um, so and that's the way I get FS1 and FS2. That's okay. Uh, and before I was, you know, I, I mean, I've been a cord cutter for you know five six years. Okay, so, so maybe so to to you, maybe this doesn't seem like such a big deal. No, it's 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 not. Um, it's it's who offers the best value 
and I think that DAZN is making the play that they're going to hook people with combat sports right. and keep them around with other sports. What sports those are, how that how that comes into play, I'm not exactly sure because according to the information we already have, you know, the other major sporting leagues aren't really on the market yet. Right. They're not on the market for several years. Right. So I don't know if they're just, you know, sort of putting together this sort of piecemeal uh, presence of uh, uh, other more, you know, mainstream domestic sports. Uh, and that's the way they're going to sort of prop up prop up their numbers. Because in, in, in Canada, I believe, and, in, and I think some other markets as well, I mean, they like carry the NFL, right? I mean, right. it's like... Bond was saying that... Yeah, it's yeah. like the Sunday ticket or whatever yeah. for this... I think it's a little bit more expensive up there for him, if I remember right. It, not a ton more, but I mean, you get all the NFL. I mean, hell, I pay, you know, like 300 bucks a year to get the Sunday ticket, and I don't even... I don't even... I don't even really watch it that much anymore. It's just, I don't know. I've always had it, so I keep it. I mean... So it's going to be a while before they can get stuff like that. And I, I played around with the DAZN app the other day. I downloaded it. Uh, I watched the Joshua fight on there. How was the pacing? Um, good. And, you know, it was good. You know, first of all, the stream looked phenomenal. I'll say this. The technology was good. The interface was really easy to navigate. You know, it wasn't some kind of menu-heavy, difficult-to-find stuff. Um, you know, it looked like they had a bunch of international soccer and some other things. But it was weird to me because – and this is something I'm going to interested to see because – you know, Fight Pass now has a 24-7 stream running so that even if you tune in and you don't know what you want to watch, there's at least something going all the time. I know this is more about live sports than it is about archive content, but I wonder because it is weird. You pull up the zone and they have like a schedule and you pull up certain days and there's just nothing on there. You know what I mean? There's no – it literally says nothing scheduled. So it's like, well, why – you know, I feel like that's going to be a little bit – because don't – I mean, you want to keep the repetition, right? Like make sure. it a habit to log in or check in or whatever. So I'm going to interested to see if, how they address that. Um, they this they are not launching in the United States only. I mean, they've been around for a while. When you talk to them, I mean, did you get a sense of I – mean, it sounds like they're putting a lot of money, right? I mean – Nine figures? That's – how weird was that, yeah. right? Because we – I mean, you and I have been doing this for a long time. Yeah. We've seen a lot of press releases. Nobody ever – puts nine-figure deal. To me, that was a power play. Like, that was very specifically worded because normally it's just a multi-year, multi-million dollar agreement or something right. like that. For them to come out and say a nine-figure deal, that has to be like them puffing their chest a little bit, saying, right, like, hey, we got money and we're coming to play. Yeah, I mean, they, they, that, they that may very well be the case. You know, this sport has a long history of attracting whales, you know, and a lot of them come in. I, mean, I was, you know, shocked – that in 2017 we still had the PFL. You know, we still have the yeah. the forces behind the PFL coming in and putting in you know tens of you know putting up a million dollars. And and now it, it apparently it started a trend. You know, a million dollar uh, uh, payday. Oh, we got to get to that fifty cent payday. Got to get to that, of course. <laughs> but um, it's it's obviously a, a gamble. Um, live content is uh, clearly still drawing a premium. Right. Um, and the, 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 rub is always in the return on investment. You know, if they can get enough people to, to, to sign up, you know, when you talked about, um, the scheduling, remember when, uh, UFC went on Fox sports one, Fox sports one was new, right? That's, that was one of the reasons why 
the UFC became their futures became so deeply intertwined sure. because this one didn't have a lot of other stuff. That's you right. know, they were kind of again putting it together piecemeal, and they were running a lot of filler. I kind of forgot they helped launch that network. They I, really did. I totally forgot about that. You're right. And the subscriber base. Um, the subscriber fees were not I mean they weren't even close yeah. to what ESPN was getting now of course ESPN uh, was forced to do a major course correction because like I think uh, a, a lot of successful properties it's like they were kind of hit by this too you know they suddenly found that they couldn't just print money you know they couldn't just you know put anything on and, and continue to get that $4 subscriber fee so you know, they started cutting and getting, you know, tightening the belt. Um, so I think this is kind of, we're kind of like maybe part of the, uh, you know, this is the first wave. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of an experiment. And uh, we'll see how things, we'll see who's still around, you know, in, in a year, you know. It so could true. be that they do like, you know, a year's worth of programming and they decide that it's just not worth the investment and they go back to soccer. You know, they focus on soccer, which everybody loves, right. I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not in the United States as much, but around yeah. the world. I'm getting into it though, man. I do love soccer. I'm, it's, You're more of a soccer yeah. fan, but actually, you know, there uh, I've I have been you have the Portland Timbers. I'm about to say that's a successful franchise. It up really there. is. And actually I, I I only only until recently did I start to get invested and I get it more now. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'll ever get you know, there are certain sports like uh, not my thing, but the local connection. Yeah. I, I get it more now. I don't think I'll, I was talking to Romani about this today. I don't think I will ever get pro wrestling. I don't either. I just I can't do and it. And I don't but, I don't I don't fault the people that do. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to sit here and go, you're, you're stupid. Yeah. But I don't I don't I don't I don't understand either. And then the one I really don't get is the people that like pro wrestling but don't like MMA. Like if you like fake fighting, why wouldn't you like real fighting? I, I, I do not – I mean, I think from what Ramondi was telling me, it, it's about – I think once you get past all the theatrics, it's more about the the way – it's it's about the construction of the theatrics. It's about the performance. It's about the the way a certain performer takes certain um, – Wow, Mark uh, Ramondi is a highbrow hipster is. wrestling He fan. really <laughs> is, you know? But that's what, what you geek out about stuff, right? You yeah, geek out, yeah. right? And then it's not about, you know, how they did the suplex or whatever. It's about how they set up the suplex and how their <laughs> how their character, you know, did it's like, how do we get on this topic? I don't but know. yeah. It's uh yeah. Uh, sports. People like sports, live phenomenal. sports. Yeah. So did you uh, last thing I want to ask you about the zone, did you get in your conversations, did you get any kind of indication of what is success for them or like how no. it's going to be measured or no i mean it's no. it's just notoriously private right it's like yeah. fight pass never shares numbers and right they uh remember when invicta actually uh i think there was i think shannon dropped the numbers yeah, for the first one and did. then and then it was like that was that don't do that again yeah exactly <laughs> you know cuz um there's a lot of benefit uh benefits to keeping this stuff secret you know you can you can you can make a lot of different claims um, and uh, to the to the public, which may end up helping your case. So I don't necessarily fault them for for not telling me what it is. But I mean, the basic gist of it is, you know, customers we need them. Right. You know, it's not much simpler than that. And at nine ninety five, uh, if they added some other stuff, maybe it might be worth it. I don't know. Um, we're in a different position because we expense it. it is, I was going to say it is weird for us because like when when 
and I do think about that sometimes. And I'm like, you know, when you're trying to weigh in on what the value is and what the, you know, is it worth it? It's like, well, we're probably not the right people to ask because it doesn't even really come out of our pocket. We don't sacrifice. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine paying $300 a month for a cable bill. Right. I just can't imagine yeah. that. I, I don't, I mean, like, I wouldn't let that happen. <laughs> I, I can't imagine it was something with this, was that important to me. Yeah, I think my I think my DirecTV during the month when I'm paying for the NFL season is like 225 or something like that. That is ridiculous. It is, but, it hey, is more power ridiculous. to you. I mean, you have all this choice. I mean, my, my question is, like, how do you uh, – I mean, dude, you you and I, but you more more so you – you live on a screen. So yep. how do you go? I, I find it hard to go home at the end of the day. Go home at the end of the day. Roll down walk the, out of yeah, the walk living out room. Of the living, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, I, and and just watch a screen for another eight hours. I, no, you know what, man? I, I really don't. It's uh, it's for my wife more than anything. To, to they, And the, she probably only watches like four channels. I just I'm, I try to spoil and make sure they can watch whatever they want. But now you're making me really think. I need to rethink my cable bill. Cut the cord, man. I need to take a look. Go right, outside. Let's talk about this car. <laughs> go outside. What? <laughs> get, get out of here, man. I'll go outside and watch the TV I have outside <laughs> on my patio. That's All right, right. Let's, let's talk about this main event. Gegard Mousasi versus Roy McDonald. Um, it's, it's a super fight, right? It's, it's, it's Roy McDonald trying to be a two-division champion, which is cool, um, especially considering what he's about to embark on with this welterweight Grand Prix, which is crazy. Um you talked to Scott Coker a little bit about how this came together, and I think even he said he had a little hesitation at first, maybe putting this fight together. But it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel um, like you know, like they're grasping for something. I mean, it feels like a like a, a legit fight, at least from my perspective. I'm I'm excited for it. Um, I did end up picking Gegard. I do think you know he's not. It's, it's you know, it's not obscenely size difference, but it's it's significant. Um, and I do think, you know, Gegard's a pretty fantastic fighter, even if they were the same size, you know, if we were doing that, you know, hypothetical pound for pound argument. Um, but it is, you know, the, the weird thing that struck me this week is, I mean, everybody's looking at Rory and be like, my God, if you do this, oh my, you might be one of the best pound for pound of all time. You know I mean? That's what every story, and it's true because it would be amazing for him to move up and to have both these titles. And then, meanwhile, for Gegard, it's just like so. Uh, man, um, it's a fight, huh? You know, and I don't yeah. hear anybody going, "Dude, if Gegard beats Rory, you got to start looking at Gegard as one of the greatest of all." You know, nobody's saying that, and I feel kind of bad. It's just weird. It's like there's so much more at stake for Rory in terms of history and legacy and all this, and for Gegard, it's like, bro, you better beat that welterweight, or that's going to be kind of embarrassing for you. Yeah, well, you know, Gegard is never, I mean, he told us this, he's not into that, all that stuff. I mean, he, I think he wanted the title in the UFC because he knew it would mean extra money, you know, a, a, a better financial future. But I don't think, uh, Gegard has never been into the pomp and circumstance, so I don't think that really bothers him too much. Um He's a, he's a pretty mellow dude and I but I feel like he watches the bottom line very closely. And so I yeah. think for him I think for him this is just uh this is you know just something it, it's a nice little feather in his cap. It's a way to uh prove that he can beat another guy who's very very highly regarded right. even if he is in a lower division. Um and uh also I think he just might know that you know, if Rory tries to clinch him and do what he did against Douglas Lima, that weight is going to come into play. I agree. And, um, you know, Rory's not going to have an easy time, uh, doing to, doing to him what he did to, uh, what he did to, uh, Doug. Yeah. What do you think Rory's best path is? Because 
I mean, we think about Roy, obviously the first thing you think about is the bloody battles, the toughness. I mean, that's that's the iconic imagery of Roy McDonald, right? But I don't necessarily think that going toe-to-toe with Gegard Mousasi would be the right play, right? But as yeah. you said, if you get in that clinch game, you know, then you got to deal with that size and that power advantage in there as well. So you think you think wrestling, trying to get Gegard on his back, you think that's the that's the best path? That was the that was what King Mo did. Obviously, a much bigger fighter yep. and a much different time in Gegard's career. But that that would be the path that I would think. Yeah. Um, or maybe you stay at range, and you kick him. You kick the crap out of him, and uh, then pick your spots to close distance. Um, or you draw him in, and then you get the take. You get him to commit more in his combination, so you can so the takedown is much easier. Right. Um, that would I, I think would be the best the best play for him. But he did I, show good time. Like I said, he's not going to be able to treat Musashi the way he did Lima. But he did show good timing with Lima, especially considering he was on a a wounded limb at the time. You know, yeah. to, to be able to still get the fight to the ground. Yeah, for sure. Um, he, I initially picked him, um, but then I thought about uh, what it would be like when they actually clinched up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's definitely an uphill battle, um, but you know, for us and and those guys are ha, have a track record of of coming up with some pretty good game plans and, and strategies. So maybe they have something planned that's going to expose uh, Gay Guard uh, or expose him to the, the 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 area where he's weakest, which is on his back. You touched on some stuff with Roy today that I want to ask. I was actually behind the camera. I was I was doing my best, Ken Hathaway. Uh, but but you touched on some stuff with Roy today about the the weight uh, the weight move. You know the the change to middleweight and not doing it the way George St Pierre had done it. Um, I'll be honest. I I, I missed those. I, I didn't know it. So what exactly were you alluding to? Because as far as I can tell, Roy just didn't cut right. I mean he he looks yeah. he looks pretty much the same to me this week. Whereas whereas GSP noticeably bulked up for his fight with Michael Bisping. Yeah. Is that what it was that Roy yeah. Roy just said, look, I'm not going to add mass. I'm just not going to cut, basically? Exactly. Um, remember back in the day when we were, you know, all debating about GSP and Silva and, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. GSP's favorite thing to say was, I, I need time to get up uh, yep. in weight and, and make sure it's quality weight, basically, which means lifting a lot of weights, eating probably a lot of protein shakes that are not great for your ulcer. Uh, as we have since found out. (laughs) As we have since found out. And uh, just calorie loading, you know, and then um, taking it from there. uh, I think maybe Rory was like, that seems like way too much work and way too much struggle for what's not that significant of a a gap. Right. You know, Gegard isn't, isn't a huge... Middleweight. He's not, which is weird. Even though he's fought at higher weight classes, he's never been a big no. fight. He's never been known for his size. Like Lima would be. Lima's known for being a big welterweight or uh, 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 Till. Oh yeah, you know being Till a with tower over him. It's it's yeah. weird to say because you know I, I I was doing a radio hit the other day with the UK and I was, and, and, and you know I was just kind of riffing. I hadn't really thought about what I was going to say and I was like, well, I was like, Gegard's not that big of a middleweight. And then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, but wait, he's fought at like heavyweight before, and I'm like. But he's not. He's really yeah. not that big. Yeah, no, he isn't. He he is um he, he's a he's a skill fighter. He's mm-hmm. a he's a technique fighter. Um he has been able to overcome 
his uh, a lot of physical disadvantages in bigger fights just because he's a very skilled guy because he's been doing it forever. Ever. And it's weird he's not that old. He's not that old. He's one of those guys. You know, he has been, he was fighting in pride, fighting in cage war. And like, he, you know, he's got a lot of high-level experience for a long time. And uh, I think for him, like, the, the biggest the biggest threat is, like, burnout. Yeah. You know, not taking it seriously. Um, because, you know, you get to a certain point, you, you've seen it all. Like, and, and just I doesn't think, excite you, doesn't get you up anymore. Right. And I think Rory is obviously, you know, he's, he's still out to prove something. He still wants to, uh, first of all, I think he's chomping at the bit from only fighting a couple times in a couple years, right. you know. Um, but I also think he has, he has a little more skin in the game. I think Gegard's kind of on his way out. I mean, he talked to you and me about about retirement, you know. And uh, I mean, I love the path out the door that he laid out for himself, which Lovato Jr. He says that guy's number one. I think that's great because I do think Lovato Jr. is number one. But I was worried that Gegard would be like, "But he's eight and oh, What do I care about this guy?" Or that Bellator would say, "Ah, eh, yeah, you know. exactly." So, I, but I love the fact that he's like, "Yeah, I want that," and then I want Machida. Yeah, uh, provided Machida wins. And then he said, and then maybe Bader, maybe move up to light heavyweight and fight for that title, which would be, you know, that would be pretty cool. That would be great. And there, that 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 feels to me like Musasi versus McDonald, like Musasi versus Bader in terms of I the know. the size yep. difference. Like that would be significant. That would be tough, and that would be an that would be an even worse uh, problem to have having that guy on top Bader's of you. Having a that big guy, dude, man. and he's great at takedowns, a real big takedown artist. So. That's a tough ask, but you know, again, this, guy, you know, he, I think he's just at this point in his career where he's just like, "Fuck it, let's fight," you know, let's <laughs> let's let's do this stuff. I only have so much time; might as well make it entertaining. Yep, I dig it, man. So it's a big fight, and uh, it's cool. History potentially on the line for Roy McDonald, Gegard, uh, kind of laying out what comes next for him for the rest of his career. Then uh, in, in the co-main event, we do get the uh, the fourth meeting between Quentin Rampage Jackson and Vanderlei Silva. Um, Again, I'm, I, I hope that the MMA is good. That's all I'll say. I hope it's good MMA. Um, I will say that, uh, I mean, gosh, Rampage is probably going to have 30 pounds. 30 pounds at least. 220, and then he's like 253 weighed in it in his last fight. That's um, – And that's on weigh-in, so – That's big, man. Yeah. I, I, I Listen, Vanderlei, I, I love Vanderlei. I mean, if you grew up watching the sport or if you've been around the sport for a long time, there's no way you're not a Vanderlei fan. I mean, the pride run that he had, like – Back before we knew that, you know, he was a nice guy, you know, all you saw was like this killer. And, and I mean, he never let it be known. He's actually a pretty good dude to talk to and hang out. You were just like, oh, man, this mall. I mean, he was the guy. And I loved watching him fight, and I still do. Um, but, man, this seems like – this. it just – to me, it seems like a tough ask. Have you seen his training video? Have you seen the, the video of him hitting, hitting pads? <sighs> it's not good. It's not good, and and I know it's hard to, you know – can't judge from just one sample you know we have no idea there's very little context to that but it's hard not to you know it's like it's the same way i felt when i saw chuck hitting pads you know yes uh a, a, a couple weeks ago the same kind of deal it's like those muscle fibers have been you know they've aged the, the, and it's, the it's twitch isn't quite as quick yeah, anymore the, exactly and it's and that happens to everybody it's inevitable and it's and it's particularly inevitable for people who've been through what he's been through so it just uh i don't know i i, I don't see how he gets it done 
I mean, I guess the only thing would be if Rampage. Now, now, you know, you had. A, by the way, you had a pretty good interview with Rampage today. It's up on YouTube if people want to watch that. Watch the whole thing. It's up on MMA Junkie as well. Um, but you did the right thing, of course, which is. Don't start don't by talk talking about, yeah. about fighting. <laughs> don't ask him about weight. Don't ask yeah. him about steroids. Ask don't him ask about him movies. Him. Yeah. Ask him about yeah. gaming. And, and yeah. it was good. He was relaxed. But, you know, he did point out, and it is true because um, he has always said it's not that he doesn't appreciate wrestlers. It's just that he hates wrestlers that basically lay and pray, that get on top and stall. If you're going to take me down, take me down, but try to advance position, try to, um, you know, try to finish the fight through strikes or submission. I mean, I guess if he stood toe-to-toe with Vanderlei, he could potentially get clipped. I mean, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea for Rampage to to utilize his wrestling in this fight, right? I mean, he's not easy to knock out. Quentin's never been an easy guy to knock out. I'm trying I'm looking how, I'm looking right now. Quentin has not Quentin got knocked out or you know, sort of by Mauricio Hua, right. by Shogun. Yep. Uh and then he got knocked out by Vanderlei twice. Right. That's prime Vanderlei. That's, Vanderlei's. Prime that's Vanderlei. like like that is the 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 apex of the, the axe and I'm, murderer. I'm trying to remember what the testing policy was back yeah. then in Pride. <laughs> I I can't recall exactly it what was nudge, program. Nudge, wink, wink. You know that was, <laughs> that was what it was. It was pee in the cup. I, I well, did you ever read a fighter's heart? Um, no. Uh, I think Sam. Um, I can't remember his last name. Sheridan, but right? Sam Sheridan. Yep said that somebody came into the room and they peed in a cup and they just took it away. But it was like a Dixie cup. <laughs> they just peed into the Dixie cup and they took it out of there. And, and I was like, okay, they tested. Stamp. It was like the USADA thing. That's it was phenomenal. like I, I tested or something like that. That's phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that is prime axe murder. That's the only guy to really stop him. I think he quit in the Shogun fight. I yeah. think he didn't want to be there. Yeah. So nobody's really knocked him out. He's got a he's got an iron chain. He's got a huge neck. I just don't see how it happens. It it's possible, but I don't know. <laughs> if we're tough. trying to promote. If we're you know if we're, if we're talking about this fight, you know, as sort of a preview and trying to get people excited for it. It's like yeah, you know, watch two of your legends, but you know. Get ready for some. That's what. That's what worries. Get get ready for that sad hangover that comes when you're like, <laughs> you're uh, like oh, either way. That's why we don't normally do this. Either way, one one legend is going to be like is going to be sad. That is true. That is <laughs> you true. Know? I guess you know the good thing is that again, the strides that Bellator is making, they don't need this to be their main event. This is this is this is a little icing. This is a little cherry, right? I mean, this. Yeah. If this fight wasn't on the card, it's still a good card. It's still a good card. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm looking at the odds now. Um, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Rampage minus 280. Uh, Vanity coming back at plus 240. That's according to uh, to five dimes. So. But that could mean that there's just right. not a lot of money. Like there's True. not a lot of money on the table, right? Right. I, I I would agree with that. But that's not not a bad line. All right, but Stephen, I'll tell you what's not sad. What's not sad? Mac Weldon. What is Mac Weldon? Well. The newest sponsor of the MMA Road Show. We appreciate their support. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Put even simpler, Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. I hadn't heard of Mack Weldon. They reached out to us, and uh, I wasn't familiar with the brand. So we've done a little time studying up, and I'll tell you what. These people are fantastic. The mission at Mack Weldon is simple, to make sure all of your basics and beyond are smartly designed, and shopping for them is easy and convenient. They told us, we found a Mack Weldon because we wanted more out of our basics and always questioned how something so essential could be such a pain in the ass to buy. The frustration was real, and our eureka moment happened in a department store aisle full of brands that dominated our top drawer. 
Surrounded by a mind-numbing assortment of underwear and socks, we realized consistent fit and quality became a game of roulette, so we decided to take matters into our own hands. We started from scratch and engineered our own fabric. We made sure the design process was meticulous, so you can count on the fit being the same each time. We built a world-class customer service experience. The difference is in the details, so we obsessed over every stitch and seam until we'd reached our definition of perfect. Bottom line here, Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. You go online, you get things shipped, and you know at the MMA Roadshow how much we love shopping online. If I ain't got to get out of the house to go get something, I am all about getting it online. And they make the process super simple. And Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. But you know what that means. They eliminate odor. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, just keep it. They'll still refund you. No questions asked. They'll give you your money back, but you can hang on to the product. That's how much they believe in it. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. You can work out in them. You can go to work in them. You can go out on dates in them. Just everyday life. Mack Weldon is there for you. So if you want to give this a shot, do go to Mack Weldon.com. That is M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code MMA Road. That is M-M-A-R-O-A-D at checkout. They're gonna give you 20% off your first order. Go check it out at Mac Weldon. It's premium. All right, uh, Andre Korchkov versus Douglas Lima. Um, something that is pretty exciting. This this welterweight Grand Prix. I'm excited about this welterweight Grand Prix. I really am. And it got even a little bit more exciting today uh, when the press release came out that uh, 50 Cent is somehow involved with a champagne brand. Uh, but, but anyway, here's the bottom line. Here's what's happening. The winner of this tournament is getting a million dollars. So not only is the Bellator you know, welterweight title on the line, which I thought was brilliant. I know there was debate over whether they should do it. I love the fact that that belt is on the line all the way through. So you know you're getting a champion out of it. You know, I, I love that fact. Um, but now the winner gets a, a million dollars. And it does say, by the way, the press release says a million dollars in cash. And 50 Cent did, I don't know if it was a million, it looked like a lot of money. He did post something on Instagram. I'm not exactly sure what the message he was relaying was What was, was there. he talking about? I don't know who he was talking to. I don't know what he was saying. But he did have a lot of cash on the table. But I really do hope, and we were kind of joking about this morning when the press release came out, but I really do hope they give somebody like a million in cash. Like not a, not a, not a big check to hold right. up. You know, not just, you know, you get wire transferred later. No, no, no. I want to see a million bucks. And uh, I think it was Simon Simano's idea to have like the World Series of Poker where it's you know, just stacked up on the corner over there. You know, it's right there in front of everybody, so everybody knows what you're fighting for. Yeah. Um, you you kind of had the idea of it coming down like confetti, at which point I said, you know, let's add the pride wind music in. And just, you know, <laughs> as soon as the bell sounds, the music turns on and the money just starts raining down. Why is it the pride theme, by the way, yeah, not Bellator? Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I don't – do they have a theme? They kind of do that, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. That's right, they do have that. No, it can't be that. It's got to be the pride Sorry, man. In the pantheon of MMA, you know, or promotional themes. It's ahead of IFL, but, you know. What was the IFL? Well, first of all, they had like a rap song. Remember back in the day where they had like people rapping on it? 
Oh, and they had the fighters do it, right? Right. And then there was like one. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh god. Bellator <laughs> is so a step so above that, but it's ideas. not quite. It's not quite memorable. But anyway, a million dollars on the line. Uh, Douglas Lima versus Andre Korshkov kicks this off. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, while to me, and again, this is Bellator coming together. While the heavyweight Grand Prix was kind of like bizarre and fun, I, and I still like the heavyweight Grand Prix. I'm not knocking it, but it was more like kind of. Japanese, you know, freak style matchups, and we're gonna. Have a, to me, this welterweight Grand Prix is packed with some talent, man. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked for this fight. Yeah, there's a lot of, and you, they got a lot of guys in there. Uh, first of all, they're they're answering answering a lot of questions right off the bat. They're not shying away from really compelling matchups right off the bat. Yep. Daily MVP Lima Korishkov. Do it. Don't wait. Don't don't, don't hope wait. it comes together in don't the second round. Don't hope it comes together exactly. Uh, Fitch McDonald, interesting. That's an interesting fight. Um, and then you've got kind of the the unknown bracket with, or the lesser known bracket with Neiman Gracie at Ruth. Ruth, though, hey, unheralded. Ruth, Ruth, yeah, Ruth is the dark horse, man. He really is. He is. He is very, very skilled, man. And if he yeah. can, if he can mature quickly, I mean, I I do think he'll get by Neiman Gracie, and then then he's got a tough fight after that. Oh yeah, it's gonna definitely. I mean, he's you know, I talked to him a couple months ago. He and he wants to you know, step up and show that he's that guy and sort of break into that next level. There is, there's no better way to do it than in this tournament. Yeah, I agree. I, I like it. You know, we, we didn't get a chance to talk to Korshkov today. We did get a chance to talk to Lima. Lima, uh, you could tell, man, he wants, he wants Rory again at some point. He wants yeah, that to happen. That's bugged. Yeah, that was tough, man. I mean, he, if, if anybody doesn't remember watching that fight, I mean, he, I hate to say it, but I would say it to him, and I, and I think he would agree. He gave, he gave that fight away. He was ex- too accepting of the takedown, mm-hmm. and I I hate it. I hate this trend. It's it's it almost enrages me as much as when somebody rocks somebody else and then goes for a takedown. Like, what are you doing? Events. It's just like it's it makes me crazy. But the other thing is when people do close guard. Close guard. Yeah. Fifth round. Tight fight Doesn't make on your sense. back with closed guard. Yeah. Ah, so frustrating, man. And I don't know if it was, you know, exhaustion or just uh, a, a mental lapse. Yeah. But it made no sense to me either. You you watch flyweights and bantamweights fight, and they've got it down, man. Yep. Nobody accepts guard. Hell Nobody no. does. It's always open. It's always butterfly, and they're always trying to use momentum to put them right That's back it. where they were. If you need to get close guard for a brief moment to slow somebody down, or maybe you're rocked or something like that, and you're like, oh, hold on, I got I to gotta tie things up for a second and recover. Sure. I, I got you. I got you. There are times sure. for close guard, but you're right, man. In this day and age where everybody knows jiu-jitsu, I mean, there's hardly anybody that like, well, my only defense here is to hold and wait for a stand-up. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Now, there's hardly anybody at that level. Yeah. Most people have some kind of sweeps or transitions. And so, yeah, to settle on your back of a championship fight – Against a guy who's hurt, who if he's if you get him back on his feet can barely stand up, yeah. And you're working close guard, like I I was shocked by that one too. Yeah, that uh, and I just watched it again the other day, and it, it, the fight really took a turn. Mm-hmm. It really took a turn because I thought that Rory was pretty close to being done. A um, couple more kicks, couple punches, and that fight is over. I agree. Um, so I'm sure he's kicking himself for that, and he would love a shot at uh, at, at a do over, and and now. All he has to get through is uh, two guys, uh, <laughs> which, you know, he's either going to fight. But first, he's got Kurishkov, right. which he knocked out yep. the last time and pretty conclusively. So what's the 
uh, I, I, I always talk, I think about this. It's like the, the younger guy doing the rematch. You all, If the guy's younger, you always go with the younger guy. Interesting. The younger guy who's won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, in fact, there's, that's pretty shown track record, right? If you yeah. play it out. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't remember what I read it. But um, then he's got the winner of Daly versus MVP. That's a winnable fight for him. I think so. It's a very winnable fight for him. No disrespect Man, to either one of those guys. No, yeah, of course. But um, when I think of their, you know, daily, uh, I think he could grapple daily. Yeah, and that would Agreed. be that. Agreed. Um, and he could easily, you know, you know, strike with him and, and come out okay. MVP, I think he could grapple. The grappling might be the the difference there as yep. well. So what? A, what? A, what? A what a rebound that would be! Can you imagine if now I should say Korshkov is a slight favorite according to the odds makers, but not not by much. But what a rebound that would be for Liam if he could beat Korshkov. Let's say beat MVP. Not that beating Daly wouldn't mean something, because it does. It means something. But I think beating MVP oh, yeah. would, would would have a little more cachet sure. to it, you know? Yeah. And then let's say Rory did make it, and then you beat Rory there. You, you win those three. You get revenge. And then the million-dollar confetti falls down on you, and 50 Cent starts spraying champagne on you. I mean, what a, <laughs> what a finish that would be. Only one bottle. It goes for $1,700 a bottle. That is cr- – so 50 Cent, there's a partnership. We're, we're going to know more about it. I've heard that we may get to talk to 50 Cent uh, on Saturday. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I've heard we may get to sample this. Oh, stuff. oh not well. I am hoping, sir. I have, That would be the most expensive thing by far I have ever sampled. Um, but, yeah, so there's a, there's a whole partnership here. There's a clothing line that they're going to work on together, but there's this champagne. And let me see if I can – Le Chemin du, du Roi? La Chemin du Roi, maybe? Is that Okay. Yeah, All sure. right, there you go. Uh, it's a champagne. But, yeah, we were talking to some Bellator uh, execs today, and they dropped that little nugget. It's a $1,700 bottle of champagne. Oof, God. Holy Christ. I mean, Cristal is usually about 300. Ace of Spades is like 800. But, you know, obviously there's huge variations in that. But $1,700. First of all, you're doing this in for you're, – you're, you're, you're rolling this out, you know, I'm assuming to get an audience for your product, right. right? Of course. Your audience is a bunch of MMA fans. Like – Yeah. Is this your How target many market? Fans are try- I mean, unless you're just trying to get Dana White's attention. Like, you know what be, I mean? Like, hey, man, know? hopefully Dana's watching this. and like, I mean, $1,700 a bottle, that's a very narrow market. Like, I I don't even know where you would advertise for that. Like, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe there's – Formula One magazine. Yeah, there's uh, some, some kind of very special high-end – and then you have it in the clubs, right? I mean, you, you, you'd have it in nightclubs, so like that one person that wants to come in and be like, I want the $10,000 bottle. Because obviously in a club, it's not going to be 1700 It's going to be ten grand. Right, right, exactly. You know? Yeah. Can you get in in Vegas? I wonder. <laughs> Can't get proper 12 yet. I don't know. God. Proper, by the way, proper 12. See, pro, I think Connor got it. I think that sells for like $25 a bottle. Well, that would make sense. I mean, it's a similar price point to uh, to Jameson's. Yeah. Have you tried to look for it in Vegas? I haven't yet. I haven't. I I, I mean, I do want it to like. I'm curious, right? But I know sure. like every like every journalist right now is like, oh, I'm I'm gonna try proper twelve, and I'm gonna do it on the <laughs> emailing air. the marketing. Yeah, I, I, I write yeah. for so and so website. I, uh, but I would like to try it. I mean, I do like a you know, I do like a good whiskey from time to time. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind trying it. You know. Yeah. Do you do you get do you get email solicitations from uh, pot growers? Uh, on your USA Today account? Star- yes. <laughs> Started to get some, by the way. The uh, Man, we wanted to go, and I couldn't. I feel like I had to go out of town or something, um, but they were launching a pot beer um, that, oh, that had, like, THC. CBD yeah, or- no, yeah, and it had, like, active THC oh, in really? it. Oh, really? Wow. I was like, bruh, 
That but, seems like a, a hangover <laughs> waiting to happen. Like a worse hangover. Oh, I wanted to try it so seems bad, like though. Liquid bad decisions. We did get it. It would be liquid bad decisions. Uh, all right, rounding this thing out, Leander Higo versus Aaron Pico. Um, a big fight here. As I said, you know, you kind of laid it out earlier, man. I think you said it perfect. Leander Higo, you know, a very well-tested veteran. I mean, not an old guy by any by any stretch, but a guy that's been around, had a lot of big fights uh, against tough people. He's but 29. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, he is moving up a weight class, so maybe that, you know, gives Pico a little bit of an advantage. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I am so impressed by Aaron Pico, and not just not just his his game. I mean, obviously his game. So, I mean, that dude is scary. When he hits people to the body, like, it is scary. The sound it makes and the, and the things that it does to people, it's scary. But, man, he is so well-spoken and so – confident and I always say and you get it man we've been interviewing fighters for years I always say and I don't know how you how you quantify it except that you just see it there are people that are confident and there are people that are trying to make themselves believe that they are confident you know what I mean there are people that are trying to build themselves up and you can see right through it that is not Aaron Pico that dude has self-belief and it's it's amazing and I mean I, I don't know how anybody could not be on the Aaron Pico train right now, but if you're not, if you're if you're tuned in to watch this guy for the first time, now I'm not saying he's he's guaranteed to win this fight. He's he's got a tough one here, and I can tell you, Higo's team, you know, is is all about hey, we're gonna take out the Golden Boy. They, we, they've been they've been saying it for a couple weeks. We're, we're gonna take out the Golden Boy. Um, you're close with Eric too. Oh so. yeah. So oh, when you been, talked to him, you had a whole interaction with him that I I think I missed. Yeah. So he well, while you were while you were still interviewing. Uh, Kerry Melendez, he came up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, you you're gonna come interview us, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I told you, we'll be right over there." You know, but I've talked to him like even in Boise, they're like, you know, after they won there, and, and they were like, "Yeah, we're excited." But next week's where it gets really good. They're like, "We're taking out Bellator's Golden Boy." Like Eric has just been all over it. Like we got him, we got him. So, yeah. um, I mean, listen, he goes is no joke. Uh, but Pico's tough, man. I I like this fight, and it's it's so tough for Pico because he just. You know, he's only four fights in. I do think losing wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to him. I mean, get it out of the way early. Get it done. Um, maybe alleviate some of the pressure. Maybe alleviate some of the attention. Um, but I think he's rebounded from that dramatically. I think that body shot team out in SoCal is, I mean, we saw what A.J. McKee did. Uh, you know, you got Baby Slice out there. You got Joey Davis. I mean, Antonio McKee is doing some great things with that crew out there, and he's and he's right there with him. Um, but I, I I am super high on Aaron Pico. But I, I think this is a great fight. Um, I I'm excited for it. Yeah. Hey, it's it's interesting, though. It's interesting also how he ended up at Body Shop, which is a very underrated, underspoken of gym. It's like the odd couple, man. It's been around forever. Yeah. yeah. But, but, yeah, it's interesting because I, the one time I visited, have you have you been there? I've never been there. I want to get – we got to – and maybe if you want to go down there, we got we got to get like you and – and a cameraman, you know, whether it be sure. Ken Hathaway, whether it be we need to do like a like a little a little docu series with those guys. We have to capture what they talk about in between training sessions yeah. because it's mostly about race. <laughs> from when I was <laughs> from when I was there, and I asked Aaron if it had changed at all, and he was like, "No, it, it, you know, it's like it's it's a it's it's full on debates between training sessions, and you know, it could be." Similar to other gyms, I, I was just really struck by it because also I mean, Aaron like kind of came from privilege, right? I mean, he yeah, privilege. Also, I, I kind of see him as like a yeah, he's like a middle class suburban white guy, you right? Know? And um and 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 that gym, there's a there's a first of all, African Americans are very underrepresented in this sport, absolutely. So the fact that you know 
they're, they're very well represented in this gym and they're having conversations you know it, it felt it felt to me like living in New York, like being back in New York, you know, talking, just having a, a much more uh, balanced argument. You know, uh, Antonio has an, an opinion about everything <laughs> and he will talk and talk and talk. He's like Kogan, uh, but Mike Kogan from oh, Bellator. But, we um, could have some interesting conversations with Kogan, yeah. completely off record, but, but, non-MMA related. Yeah, but uh, anyways, it's, it's interesting that he went there and I think it's a good sign because... You know, I don't think those guys take it easy on him. Mm-hmm. I think that you know they're 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 working with him and they're making the best. Here's the interesting question to featherweight AJ McKee, mm-hmm. also a featherweight. Yep. You know, Patricio obviously holds the belt right now, but right. I don't think Patricio. By the time you know they're 25, <laughs> uh, you know, so crazy he could be out. So what what's what's that future look like? That's a good question. It's a really good question because. Um, yeah, I mean, they seem like a they seem like a brotherhood, man. I don't think that would be one that they're like, well, we got to do it. The belt's on the line. Yeah. I mean, maybe they would. I mean, I mean, jeez, uh, what? I mean, AJ last week, you know, he's saying, look, I'm the goat, man. I'm I'm gonna be there. It's my destiny. Maybe at some point, being the goat means you got to take out the the guy that's in your own own gym. And you can't see other a lot of other fights. It's like the fact that Pico is fighting Higo right now. You know, it feels like a a, a, a bridge opponent in, way, in, in a way that a, other opponents haven't been. It feels like there's not too many logical steps left for him. There just can't you be know? many people with their hand in the air going, give me Pico, yeah. I'll take that guy. Well, Coker just told uh, Mark today from fighting uh, that within the year, like, you know, a year or so, we could see him fighting for the title. So that's what, two, three bouts maybe? Yeah. There's not a lot of moves left. You know, AJ, same th- thing. He was just about to fight Curran. Yep. Not a lot of moves left when you start beating ex-champions. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Man, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're so true. Um, okay, uh, the kind of the two kickoff bouts on the main card. Uh, again, I, I do think you have uh, – I don't – well, they're, they're big favorites. Let's just be honest. Kerry Melendez is, by the way, a minus 1,000 against Dakota Zimmerman, and Gaston Bolanos is minus 600 Holy shit. against Cedro Gutierrez. So, be honest. Um, have you seen Dakota Zimmerman fight? No. Okay. All right. No. I don't hey, even know if she just... has a pro fight. Like, there's, <laughs> well, there's <laughs> debate over whether she's 0-0 or 1-0. Well, let's, let's, let's find out. They're, they're not sure. We're going off of topology now. Right, we are. We use topology I, I, now. I still use Sherdog. I still of, go to Sherdog. Out of, a lot. out of yeah, you know. I actually went through and compared. This is I. I got so just what we're talking about. So I mean, MMA junkie, you know, we put records in all the stories. Um, for years, we used Sherdog as you know. Danced up was like, hey, that's that's the record keeping. I want you to use. Um, but lately, lately. yeah, <laughs> lately we've 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 switched over to topology. They they've done a fantastic job with their with their website. Um, I think they're I, they. They've made some tweaks lately. I don't like as much, and I'm hoping they tweak again. But but that's what we use. But you know, I just went through because uh, for our rankings, I was checking all the records to make sure they match up. And now, granted, you're talking about 20 people across like 10, 15 divisions. You're probably talking 250, 300 fighters. But there were like eight or 10 that their their records didn't match on Tapology and Sherdar. They were like one fight off or something. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, I re- I remember I got involved. That was actually how I got into this. One of the ways I got into this business full time because uh, I was working for Full Contact Fighter and um, Kirik, uh bought the Full Contact Fighter right. database. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that time, Full Contact Fighter was the other 
Records keeper. I remember that was a long time ago. Long time ago, and Keurig did a very smart move and bought the FCF database, and then put it on his site MMA.com. Back then it was .tv, and went to the ABC and convinced them to be the official record keeper. Right. Smart, smart move. Because they make money off that. They do. People, people have to pay to file. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So very, very smart move. But um, now, we've, now I, I honestly wasn't even using Tapology, you know, and I still kind of reflexively do it. I don't use MMA.com that often, but um, it shows here that she's one and one as an amateur. As an amateur, yeah. There you go. So she no. has her first professional fight. Carrie Melendez, on the other hand, is two and zero as a professional. We did meet Dakota today. Dakota works in an insurance office, I believe she said. Full she's time, in data, but, a data entry. Yep. But she. Uh, you know, her, she she you know fashions herself a jujitsu stylist. Um, she trains at a jujitsu gym, but I'm like thinking to myself, like, well, where? Like, is there a, is there a striking component? I'm sure they probably have some okay. striking. Right? I mean, you got me. I mean, surely, right? <laughs> right? I mean, they have to. But you know what? I, you know, I, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're fighting and they're fighting on Saturday. Carrie yeah. Melendez was was fun. I mean, you know, talking to her about. Um, you know, here she is, you know, this early in her career, main card, big opportunities, big expectations. But um, I liked her answer. You know, she said, listen, man, I mean, I'm Gil Melendez's wife. Like, I knew what I was getting. I knew that I was going to have attention. I knew that I was going to have the spotlight regardless of what I did. And uh, I'm okay with that. It's not overwhelming to me. Yeah, it's tough on her because, you know, she has to go around with that label. I, I feel bad for her. Um in that sense, that she has to just walk around uh, with that for a while. It's going to be that way until she has that sort of defining performance. Right. But, you know, we talked about this before. Coker is very good at building people up. Yes, he is. He, he is responsible for Nick Diaz as far as I'm concerned. Mm. There is no Nick Diaz as he's known today without Scott Coker. Um, he got favorable match. He's, he's very good at building people uh, the right way. So um, it's going to be a little while, and, and Carrie, uh, let's see, how old is Carrie? She's 34. So, Stop. you know. She doesn't have all day. She doesn't have all day, but, um, yeah, she can, you know, I, I haven't really talked to her about it. It, it, it. I think this is just, uh, she's starting out the journey. Yeah, you know? exactly. She's kind of doing this. She wants to see how far she can go. There's some uncertainty as far as the uh, as far as the division that she fights in, mm-hmm. because she was talking about. She you know, thinks she's probably a little too small for 125, right. but they don't really have a 115 right now. So right, and I don't know why that is. I I, I haven't talked to Coker about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I imagine you know they they could probably do it now. So um you know so here's here's something interesting. You know, since we're kind of talking about Bellator as a whole, is this um this UK. TV deal slash streaming deal that got announced today with um, with the UFC. That's they're, they're with a company now. BT Sport is gone. Um, they're going to be with a company called Eleven Sport, um, which I had never heard of before, so I had to research it. Um, Eleven Sport is is an online streaming platform, so it's all it's all streaming. Um, they're going to get all 42 of the UFC cards. I mean, they're going to be the exclusive content provider in the UK, which you know, good for them. I'm sure they paid good money. Hey, we're talking about streaming is where it's at now, right? But it's interesting because, you know, if it, 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 it might have been kind of relatively little fanfare to American fans, but, you know, Bellator did announce that they're launching kind of a, a Bellator regional promotion over in Europe that's going to have 10 events a year. And to me, I was like, eh, all right, I mean, no, whatever. 
But then when you think about it, it's like, okay, they're going to do 10 events per year. They're going to be localized, prime time, you know, in, in the right spot for that European audience, you know, 7 p.m., whatever the case may be. I mean, the UFC only has a, maybe five cards a year that are in the right time frame for, for the U.K. So, I mean, maybe that makes the Bellator, you know, brand – a little bit more attractive to a television provider over there, you know, a terrestrial television provider that could say, hey, listen, we'll t- we, want, we want the 10 shows. We want the 10 shows because we'll put those in our prime time. But then, you know, also give us the overnight stuff. And, I mean, that, that seems to me if, if the UFC – again, the UFC is the dominant brand. There's no question about that. And I've always said I don't see Bellator coming anywhere close for a long time. I mean, they're just leaps and bounds. The UFC is in front. But I don't know. It seems like a chance to make up some ground, at least in that one market, if the UFC is only on a streaming platform and Bellator can get their product on on a regular TV. I mean, this this event is going to air live in the UK. Now, it's going to be in the middle of the night. But if Bellator has a brand that's airing 10 days a year, you know, live in prime time, and then you've got the overnight stuff too, and it's on TV and the UFC isn't, I don't know. It makes me wonder if maybe they can, at least in that market, Bellator can close the gap a little bit. Well, Bellator has been good at um, how do I how do I say this? Like it's like Bellator does shows, and they do shows that are profitable. Like the mm. way Scott does business is like he's not going to walk into something and and have it be a loss leader. That's right. Because he's not in the same position as as the UFC. Um, and so he's going to do deals that are good for him and that make money off the bat, whether they have to sell the gate to the local promoter, you know, or, or they or they do it themselves. Yeah. They're going to do it in a way that uh, is an advantage to them. It may not be the same on the same scale. Right. And it most likely won't be. But it perpetuates the brand. It keeps it out there and it makes the company money. Yep. You know, or at, a very, at the very least, minimum it breaks even yep so i think about the ufc's time in the uk you know 10 years you know they spent a lot of money in the uk they really Mm -hmm. tried to make the sport the next big thing and i think they definitely saw some return on investment but i'm wondering if they this this pulling back is an indication that maybe they don't like they just don't like the way the numbers look that the return on investment isn't as great uh, as they, it isn't good enough to to really make it a priority. When I looked at the the TV rights map from that lender presentation right. uh, a couple of years ago, um, before the sale, basically before the sale, uh, I don't. UK was not a strong market in relative to other ones, like relative to the the amount of fans. The amount of fans that they that they uh, thought that they had relative to the revenue that they were getting, mm-hmm. it wasn't a, a big disparity. It wasn't like you know, Russia, which has this huge fan base, it's way undercapitalized, or like you know Brazil that's doing just gangbusters business, right. or Canada back in the day, like right. when they had so when was, many. When it was engaged, the mecca. Yeah, when it was in, when it was engaged, they had so many engaged fans. Um, they're going to go where I think that they are getting the best return on their investment. And I, and I, I don't have any inside information, but I wonder if this is, you know, if this is indicative of that, or they just think that it's, it's not important to have terrestrial TV. 
I mean, listen, we like you said, we we, talk, we touched on it earlier. I mean, this is something that they've been moving towards for a long time, that they believe streaming was the future. I guess, you know, and maybe that's my own, uh, I don't know if it's, you know, naivety or just stupidness to the brand. But I, 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 yes, I agreed. I always thought, of course, streaming is the future. But I guess I always thought it was going to be like streaming with Fox, streaming with ESPN, you know, still streaming with these powerhouses. And I guess, you know, that's what seems so weird to me is like, no, we said streaming is the future and it might be, you know, a startup brand that we did ourselves. It might be some brand you've never heard of with DAZN. It might be 11 Sport that you've never heard of. I mean, like, I, I, that's weird to me. Like, I always thought the streaming was going to be, well, yeah, ESPN is going to make ESPN Plus, and they're going to stream, but you're still going to align yourself with that powerhouse brand that everybody knows. And, man, it does seem like like this is such an interesting time for the industry as a whole. Like, both those, you know, both of you. I mean, obviously, this is, you know, we got the Connor fight next week. That's going to do huge numbers. And, and of course, you know, as we sit here right now, we're talking about what a big week this is for Bellator and the DAZN and, oh, it's all coming together, you know. And, man, they're making improvements. And then next week, we're going to be sitting in Vegas around a table just like this, and we're going to be like, holy shit, the UFC is big because it's going to be Connor. And, the, you know, the, the traffic numbers are going to be insane, and we're going to be getting calls for radio hits. And, you know, it's going to be madness, and we're going to go, what was I talking about last week? The UFC is the powerhouse. But yeah. it does seem like such an interesting time. I mean, a lot of this is going behind a paywall here with Bellator. A lot of a lot of UFC is going behind a paywall with streaming. And, um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. It's uh, – I still, I mean, I, I understand that a lot of people say like the, the the MMA growth isn't there anymore, and and I feel that's definitely the case domestically. But I don't think you can do year over year, you know, t- you know, double digit growth forever in any industry. But I do still feel like there's room to grow internationally. I just wonder how like this this shift to streaming for everybody like is it going to be a negative? Like is it going to be taking eyeballs away from the sport where people don't follow it as much? I don't know. I mean, this this sport has always kind of lived on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's the good news. That is true. So um, maybe they just, they're going to try, instead of trying to get the right TV deal and and playing that game, which is its own game, um, they are figuring that, you know, they can convince people to just simply, you know, pony up a little bit of extra money to see it online. Um, How many, you, you only have Hulu? Well, so you... You have Hulu, and that's what, like 30 bucks a month or something? Yeah. So but I then have, you also have Fight Pass. Yes. You also have – do you have ESPN Plus yet? No. I went ahead and got on, it. On the list. <laughs> on the list. Now you've got DAZN. Not, not, not yet. Because you, so you're here. You're, you're going to need yeah, it once. I'm going to need it, yeah. Anything else? Uh, Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. That's five. <laughs> five streaming services. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. So – I guess are, are we going to need Fight Pass next year? I guess we're only going to need Fight Pass if we want archival footage. Great question. Or if we want the third party stuff, because I don't think they get the third party, which we still will, because we'll for still your cover purposes. Like Invicta. Yeah, and also it's a great research tool. Oh, it's a great research. Like tool. remember, like babe, way back in the day, like when are you going to re- so, you know re- release those UFC twenty through thirty? And yeah. Oh like, yeah, that was the lingering thing, Definitely and now remember. it's it's if it it's it's amazing that like how much content they've they've it amassed. Is. Almost like twenty thousand fights or something. It's crazy. Yeah. So, but okay, let's, let's say we still need it because we still want to watch. We're hardcores and we still want to watch it. So you need 10 bucks a month for DAZN, 5 bucks a month for ESPN+, Plus, uh, 5 bucks a month for Fight Pass because I think, right, if you get ESPN+, Plus, I think you get a deal on it. Maybe not. 
let's let's say no. Let's say it's still nine bucks a month. So 25. 20, 25 bucks a month just for your twenty five. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, you still got to have a streaming service. Oh fuck yeah, pay per views. Not which to are sixty bucks need, now. You still need regular ESPN because some of the shows are gonna be on regular ESPN. So right. what's the cheapest you get regular ESPN through like Hulu or something? Because you can't order it all a cart anywhere, right? Who, the package I have is forty bucks. Because you can't you can't just say I just want to buy ESPN. I that's this is the reason I did this because you have to get them all in a bundle. You know, there's it's a la carte is not yet a reality. So if so you want forty bucks a month, yeah, 40. plus the ten for the zone, plus the ten for Fight Pass, plus so sixty five bucks a month, yeah. That's a cable bill. Just for MMA. But that's I a mean, cable bill I would pay. Uh, if I was I'm pick, I'm putting myself in the uh in the shoes of a of a, of a hardcore fan. Right. You know, somebody who's, you Fuck, know, I'm just right now, sort of so in that, you know, love <laughs> affair with the sport. 65, you know, I, I I would pay that. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's a cable bill basically. Yeah. And uh, you know, add Netflix and you got, you know, we got Hulu, Netflix. You got a lot of you know content. You know, maybe convince a friend to give you an HBO password. Well, I was gonna say I have HBO <laughs> and Showtime also. Oh, dude, somebody's yeah. gonna. All right, this industry as it's developing is gonna have to be refigured out, right? Yeah, somebody's sure. gonna have to re. Like now that there's so many, there's gonna have to be like bundle options. There's or, also just so much good content out there. Yeah. It's like it's it's. Uh, we're we're in a period now where we're fortunate in a way because there's so much good content and so many good you know ways to completely waste our time. <laughs> you know? Oh man! Well, you know what? The the time we need to waste tonight is going to drinking some more frosty beverages. <laughs> so uh, I, I I purposely didn't factor in a bunch of interviews and stuff because I still need cold coffee to edit this, even though he's on vacation. <laughs> but I decided to make this the easiest edit ever uh, and just have an intro and outro and get it uploaded so that he can enjoy his vacation. So uh, we'll 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 keep this one relatively short this evening i appreciate the discussion and uh yeah bellator 206 i'm looking forward to it i, I really do think this is going to be a fun card um sign up for the zone if you haven't it's going to be free i don't even think they make you give your credit card they? yeah they make you give your credit card number for yeah. the of course they do what the hell am i talking <laughs> about yeah they do. i signed up the other day but i did it kind of quickly i don't okay. remember doing it yeah i don't actually remember doing it and it was my it was my company credit card yeah. too so yeah, yeah. uh cool i know we're spoiled we are all right that's all you need to know thanks it for is. listening all right <laughs> We'll